Hello, everybody, and welcome to Scottish Watches Live, Lux Edition, the podcast ripped directly from our weekly YouTube live streams. Please enjoy the show, and please forgive any audio glitches as this recording was ripped directly from the live Zoom stream. Now it's on with the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Scottish Watches Live, and hopefully it has been yet another seamless video introduction but we will find out when we replay this. So joining us this week is our usual suspects, plus another slightly more unusual suspect in the form of a well-known YouTube personality that's not Adrian. Uh, but we'll get to him in a minute. So we will start off on my screen with the intros. So first up, it's Sean. Where are you? Who are you? And what are you wearing? Hi, guys. It's Sean from The Complicated Wrist. I'm from Washington, D.C., and today I'm wearing my Explorer, the 114270. Good stuff. And then next up, it is Jody. Hello. Good evening to all. Uh, my name is Jody. I'm from the Just One More Watch YouTube channel, and I thought I would dress up tonight and I would wear a Rolex, Rolex GMT Master 2 two-tone root beer, which does not belong to me. I was going to say, that's definitely pilfered from a certain Mr. X, isn't it? Definitely on loan, yes. Good stuff, good stuff. And next on my screen is Ralph. Hi, Ralph from Dubai. I am wearing today my Datejust 2. Also, the third Rolex in a row. Wow, do we go for a complete sweep of brand Rolex? Next up, Phileas. <laughs> Hi guys, Philologos here from Singapore. I'm Walrus Watch on Instagram. And I'm wearing another Rolex, uh, the Bad Go. Very nice, so very now the <laughs> streak is going to be ruined because next up it is, unless it's going to shock us all, it is Dave. Where are you and what are you wearing? You could unmute yourself as well, Dave. That always helps. There you go. That does help. <laughs> <laughs> Takes one and a one. Um, I am in Glasgow as usual and I am definitely not wearing a Rolex. I'm wearing a Slim Dermes Titanium because they make nice watches. Oh, controversial, getting stuck in there already. Uh, Sam, you're up next. Where are you and what are you wearing? Hello, I'm Sam. You can find me on Instagram at Sam and Her Watchbox. And I'm coming from Colorado. And today I'm wearing my Boulevard Accutron 2. Oh, very good, very good. Then Sophie, nearly there. Where are you today and what are you wearing? Hi, everyone. I'm still in Miami. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Sophie Rinder. And I'm not wearing a Rolex. But I'm not too far off. I'm wearing my Tudor Black Bay Bronze, first edition. Oh, very nice, very nice. Uh, your video is a bit laggy, but we can hear you fine, so that's okay. Uh, yeah, I know. Nearly there, Arthur. Where are you and what are you wearing? Hey, everybody. I'm Arthur. I'm Tick Tick Broom on Instagram. Uh, I live in Washington, D.C. area, actually right near Sean. He's over there on my screen. And I'm wearing my uh, Speedy Pro on uh, calf leather strap. Uh, going to Omega taking it to the to Rolexes and then finally be yeah. wearing <laughs> where are you? Who me? Yeah, you. Oh I'm in Glasgow. Uh-huh. As we all like to say. And I have got a stolen Oris Aquas that they want back, but I might just buy it off them because it's lovely. You get a Brucey bonus discount. Well hopefully as good as a Christopher Ward one I got offered today. Huh? Very good, very good. Yeah. So, on with the show. First up then, we are cracking on with looking at what everybody else has been looking at for all the clickbait, but we are just doing it on a Friday, which is the week that Rolex have had. So, we will begin, I think, via the power of sharing this screen uh, from the dear people of Hodinkee. And this is their review of the Rolex, the 41mm, the new standard no-date sub. So what was everybody's thinking about all the releases that Rolex made this week? Who wants to lead us off? Nobody, nobody. I'm going to say something. I'm going to say that a lot of our predictions were wrong. Ah. <laughs> um, I, you know, we, nobody we, really... Yeah, it was the other okay. point was that our predictions would largely be wrong. Yeah, right. I mean, I wasn't expecting something to be so similar to what we already have. I figured, okay, they're going to do something with the sub for sure. They're going to uh, use a new movement. Okay, at least we got that right. Um, but I thought they would really transform it. And I really thought they were going to go into something more vintage with longer lugs, like actually really much longer lugs. Um, 
maybe a different kind of uh, integration of the bracelet. I don't know, man. <laughs> if you show me those two watches, I'm, I'm struggling to see the difference. Oh, sorry, the hour hand, of course. There <laughs> <laughs> we go. So, Dave, give us your thoughts on this. That, that means I need to think. I need to, I need to think about it. I mean, like, yeah, surprise, surprise. Eh? That's all I'm going to say. I mean, what did what did, what did we expect them to do? Reinvent the wheel. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's absolutely typical of what Rolex have done in this. There's something else to release which is more, for me, is more worthy of talking about than what they've done to this watch because I, I, they're not going to change something that makes them so much money, to be honest, are they? Let's, they're not going to mess about with it too much. Right. It, it's always been evolution over revolution, but I still think upgrading it to a 41 is pretty revolutionary for rolex since it's been like the 40 millimeter dive watch for so long now i i thought that was a little shocking so yeah uh, did, did anybody measure it <laughs> i mean she said most yeah. perpetual 41 is also 41 but not yeah. really the wonder if monochrome thing. did yeah <laughs> The interesting thing I noticed is in the side-by-side -side shot here that Hodinkee's showing, it with the slimming of the lugs, it almost looks like the new one is a smaller watch to me overall, even though mm -hmm. they, they say the case has grown. Um, maybe it's just something to do with proportions or anything, but I expect it'll wear nicely. I, I don't think that's going to yeah. make or it break looks, it for it, most people. I think it looks more harmonic. It's nice. Yeah. The thing about watches is it's uh, like it's like shoes. They they all measure them different ways. It's like you know you can never quite work out exactly how they've measured them, as Ricky will tell you from his watch. Hmm? Yeah, yeah. I so, think he only really noticed the difference when you put them side by side. When when they show the original pictures of just the 40, 41 or the new one, you can't really tell that the lugs have been slimmed down all that much. But when you put it side by side, I think uh, the revolution video was was really good, and that one really showed the the new one being a lot slimmer in profile. So the 41 increase, I think it's really something somebody has to try on to really tell the difference. The Dow, the Dow does look marginally bigger, but I yeah. mean, it could be a, yeah, it's just a perception thing. Guys, it's the same watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And have you been in DJ to opinion on whether these are gonna be available soon? No, I haven't bothered. <laughs> I, I've been I at just... the, the answer I've is been, yes. I've been at the AD today yeah. in Dubai, and well, they said like no idea. No. Anyone idea. that's on the list for the normal one will get this for their allocation from now forward. Yeah, yeah, they moved yeah. them over. That's what they said. They moved. Yeah, to, the, but... the, avail the availability won't materially be any different to the one that's been replaced. It will just be a mm -hmm. continuation of exactly the same thing, and you know that's that's all it will be. Jody, you've been unusually quiet. Yeah, I think I was a bit surprised that they. No, I know I'm not not reading that for script. I was a bit surprised that they changed it from forty twenty to forty one twenty one allegedly because they've been making them that way for since the fifties. But I'm happy that they trimmed the lugs back down because I never liked the um, super case. Hmm. But I don't know why they didn't do that with a forty twenty. Why did they feel the need to screw around with it? when the market I don't think is going up, it's going down in terms of sizes overall, but not Rolex. So is the lug width confirmed as being 21? That's what I've heard. Yeah, it, looks, it, it, yeah. it, looks, it looks bigger when you see the two side by side. The lugs, you know, the lugs themselves are narrower, but the lug width does look a bit bigger, which makes the bracelet look a bit more integrated than the previous one. So does this mean that Adrian's big stock of 20 mil NATOs is now going to be in a cupboard somewhere? Yeah. Well, I watched his video yesterday and he didn't mention the lug width. So I suspect he's currently speaking to his suppliers. <laughs> he's, 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 he's currently changing all the packaging. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> so very quickly then, a hit or a miss? Oh. Let's see your signs. What do you think? Hits? It's hard to say. Will it sell? Yes. Will they still sell for more than they're worth? Yes. Will everyone want like that they can't get one? Yes. Meh. So nothing to see here then. So what then about these? This was 
it, it took me by surprise that they did quite so many other Rolex of Mariners and that effectively they've launched the new Kermit and uh, Blue Bez or new Smurf, whatever we're calling it, as well as Gold and some other two-tone uh, variants. Whatever you think about these, is, is it a good idea for Rolex just to kind of splurge quite so much? Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's cool. I think it's, you know, at least it gives variety. It allows people maybe to get to a watch. <laughs> if you don't get the green, maybe there's going to be the blue. Um, but it also, I mean, look, I think, <laughs> I think Rolex's theme this year was about colors. And that's what they're bringing us uh, between the OP and those. I think those are all solid looking watches. And as a Rolex collector or a Rolex fan, I could I could buy if I could afford or wear any of these watches. No problem. I think they all look good. Your preference of the new non-black subs? Um, I kind of like the blue bezel, you know? Because that's to me, it's the most wearable, um, more most versatile, and it's also something I kind of wanted to see. From Rolex. and it's in white, also the most expensive. Is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course. Well, what can I say? I was three times as much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I like it the most, but I would also spend that money somewhere else oh, entirely. Yeah. <laughs> How much is it? I don't even know. I didn't look at the prices. 18 something yeah yeah oh because it's white gold that's right yeah would you buy that or would you buy a langer Mm, let me think yeah it's just a langer every time the white gold would you buy a langer would you buy an fp i know what i'd buy the kermit was the most surprising to me i I didn't see them coming out with a ceramic Kermit. I thought they'd do like the Tim Masso thing where they keep the green dial from the Hulk and just put a black bezel on it. So to protect <laughs> the anniversary edition, but still be like, hey, we gave you something new. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. So uh, I feel like they're like undervaluing the like 50th anniversary Kermit with the new ceramic one, but it's still going to sell like hotcakes. So I guess it really doesn't matter. Exactly. In the long run. Yeah. I think in the real life shots, the, the green and the blue look very different from the renders on the website. So like the green on the on the new Kermit looks almost exactly, I think it's the same green as the Hulk, but in the pictures, it looks significantly different. And in yeah. the blue, I mean, the Smurf one, it looks really bright. So, so I'm not sure if it's just a lighting issue, but uh, on, on some of the wrist shots, it look really bright like this. It's not a very nice blue in the, in the wrist shots. The picture blue is really nice though, I must say. Yeah, to, to oh, be okay. honest, I, I kind of like that, at least in this render or whatever it is, that the Kerm, the new Kermit bezel looked a darker green, but then I, I saw some of the shots where it looked a little brighter or almost, I've, I've sometimes think the Hulk looks a little washed out green, depending on the lighting. So anyway. So is there anything Rolex could have done to the Submariner that would actually have made folk go, no, I'm not buying that en masse? Yeah, they take Rolex off the dial. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the truest thing you'll hear all day. (laughs) Certainly do it. Okay, so hit miss on this new larger range of Rolexes. Give us your verdict. Think more backwards towards this new range than towards the simple change of the black sub. Go. Now it gets a bit more interesting because somebody broke into the crayon box. Yes. X and uh, I now can't share a screen. Oh, there we go. We're back. And decided to go wild. Go a bit winner. And they gave us the docks a perpetual. So Uh, winner. You like these, Dave? I do. I think I think Hand on heart, that coral red one, I'd have that all day long. Yeah. I think it's the most anti-Rolex Rolex watch that there is. The only thing that's really pissed me off is they've not done the pink in a 41. That's a mistake. Yes. Yeah. That's a mistake. From, that's, a, that, that's a mistake, I think, on many, many fronts. That means that they, I, I think they've not fully understood the market that they've aimed these at, would be my guess. Because 
that's aimed at that kind of when I say young, I mean young as far as I'm concerned, but you know, the kind of mid twenties, um, out of university, a couple of years in their job professionals that want to buy a watch, don't necessarily have the big money yet, and they want to buy something like that. They like their fashion, they like their colours. But both male and female to me is if it was the pink forty one, guys would buy it, absolutely would buy it. And I think actually a lot of younger women typically some of them are wearing bigger watches now and that whole demarcation between what's a woman what's a man's watch is broadly gone and if they'd done a 41 pink they would have absolutely sold it and i think it 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 harks back to what their thinking is when they restrict the pink to the smaller i.e typically female sizes I agree. That's a bit sexist. They think like, okay, that's a that's a man's watch. It's not. It's not so, even. I don't. I, I don't even it's think it's sexist. Yeah. I don't even think it's sexist. I think it just shows their naivety and their thinking. They don't actually yeah. understand necessarily the market that they're catering to with that type of product. Yeah, but but I agree with you on on the general um, setup. There, these watches are genius. I was in the in the boutique today with a friend who is a big Rolex collector, so he has all of the Sea Dweller, Sky Dweller, uh, all the different Submariners and all of this stuff. And he said he was never interested in any Oyster Perpetual, but now he is. Mm. He says like, oh, the yellow one, I need to have the yellow one. I went in and thought, the green one, give me the green one, maybe the silver one or the turquoise. Ah, so now I have plenty of this. And I think there's a lot of people who always visit the AD, check on their waitlist status, always get a negative answer. They might just pick one up because they're cool and they have different colors. It's a bit like a swatch for people with $6,000. That, 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 that actually does, that hits the nail on the head. For yeah. want of a better phrase, these are Rolex pocket money watches. For folk who buy right. properly into Rolex and precious metal, they'll go in and they'll be, oh, how long till I get X, Y, or Z? Oh, it'll be soon oh, that's quite nice. I'll have one of them for the summer or I'll have one of them for Christmas. They're weightless what, watches. Yeah, what is it? For, for, what is it? 4,700 UK, something like that. 55 US, I think it is. Yeah, 55 or 58. You know, which is, which is by any stretch, a lot of money for a watch of any description. And there's, you know, plenty of lovely watches you can buy for 5K, lots and lots of them. But Rolex fan folk will basically buy Rolex. Yep. Have they done these colours before? 70s, I think. Some some of them, yeah. Stellar dials. Yeah. Yeah, I think indeed. I love them. I personally love that collection. I think it's mm. fresh, it's fun. I just felt like Nomos cool. would like the word and docs are both. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and La Cole, La California. La California. Oh. Sophie, Sophie, your 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 voice is gone. Mute the- I had a collection of Daytonas. One was, was baby blue, one was light pink. Uh, there was a light green, like kind of aqua green. So they've done that before, probably limited editions, maybe for other countries, I don't know. Um, but, you know, I think as an entry level status watch, because that's what Rolex is, um, graduation for your daughter, you know, if you want to start, like, you know, your kids into uh, adulthood with a nice, affordable Rolex. I think it's great the, the 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 silver one for a boy or the colored one for a girl. Maybe not an entry level uh, first watch. I would say I wouldn't go for a yellow one. I think the yellow is for the more already um, real collector or watch buyer. But I think it allows the new generation to be able to wear a Rolex without breaking the bank for the parents to to be able to give them that watch. And it gave it just puts them on the tracks, you know, of wearing a real watch instead of an Apple watch. And I think it's awesome. I think it's a very good idea. So, Jody, which one of these would you think appropriate to wear around the streets of Glasgow? I Glasgow, uh, thank goodness they don't do the pink in a 41. I like the orange. I just bought a Doxa <laughs> 200 in Doxa 200 orange. So I'm into that. But I think Dave's point is right. If these are to bring people into the brand who are in their 20s and kind of fashion forward, they're not going to be able to buy them. They're still going to have the same difficulty that everybody else has even getting a base model Rolex. So what's the point of introducing these colors and trying to attract a new market when 
the, those customers will still have the same problem the rest of us have. They're just unattainable. They're unavailable. Oh, you could get these ones quite easily. Uh, yeah, not I the think, I, ones, well, but the, the normal ones. No, that's, that's, not, that's not what, in Sydney. You, you that's cannot what they get, say. You, you can't even well, get an Oyster Perpetual in Sydney. I, th- I think that's what remain that that's what remains to be seen as far as I'm concerned is this is their opportunity to change the dynamic a little bit if they actually say right you know what with these ops and these colors we're going to make availability it's not let's be honest they're never going to be freely available but let's make them attainable in some sensible meaning which to me is you know at, at most you know six weeks eight weeks something like that you know and I think most folk realistically mm. be okay fair enough. You know, I would compare it to buying, you know, get into a car garage and buying an upper spec car. You know, like you can walk into a Ford garage and buy a Focus and have it the next week. But if you want one with a better spec, they'll tell you it'll be a, a few weeks longer because they need to build it. If they play that game and not this never ending loop of who can knows when you're getting it, then they might have something there. It depends how they play it. And I think that's yeah. a combination between Rolex and the ADs. Yeah, I agree. I think it's something that people will definitely save up for and get on a list. But I also agree with Arthur about, I think people will also gravitate towards like, well, I really want my yellow, but I don't, I can't get it right now. So they'll maybe mm-hmm. go towards a Doxa or go towards a Nomos or something, right. um, something similar just to have that, you know, as a placeholder, maybe. I, I wonder if they do the same thing that you can change your dial color within a couple of uh... You know, a couple of weeks or a couple of months, you can change your dial color with uh, other Rolexes, right? With the Datejust, for example. If you don't like it, you can just switch it off for oh, a fixed amount. That's cool. Yeah. So that would be cool. That would be nice to do that. Um, yeah. It costs I, I, you a bit, but um, not much. Yeah. And if 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 they get any sense, what they'll do is they'll keep, say, the kind of champagne silver dial and the black as core lines, and every 12, 18, 24 months, they'll flick the colors around to keep it kind of current. And they'll have this migration of colors through it. That that would be the way. And if they want to get really revolutionary, they could offer dials at service points if you wanted to change out in a dial color. If they want to be super revolutionary, but it's Rolex, so they won't do that, of course. Yeah, I was about to say this is a little too customized <laughs> for Rolex. <laughs> okay, so I think this is proving to be significantly more popular than the uh, the sub releases. So give us your verdicts, Hitness, maybe. Yeah, there we go. Ricky has picked yep. all the playing cards off the floor, which you'll find out <laughs> about on Monday's <laughs> cast. Uh, so that's oh, Fluffy. A... In case anyone hasn't realized, I think they upgraded the clasp on these these as well. Oh, yes. So yes. these yeah. are the, the mm. link now, which which was something that made the older ones feel a little bit like it's really entry level, but at least now you know it's standardized across yeah. the board. Yep. But I, I must say, I'm not a big fan of the double batons. They do that I on like 36. That. I, I love That's, that. That always put me off the 36. I thought the 39 was a much cleaner looking watch because it only had the singles. And they've yeah. kind of overcluttered this one. It's the cleanest, simplest watch. And it's not as clean and simple as I think they could have made it by putting those double yeah. batons. Yeah. And what happened like, to the white? Yeah. The white was the best of the 39s and they've I deleted agree. the white. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I'm sad about yeah. that. Yeah, the, the other thirty nines to begin with. Like, why did thirty nine have to disappear at yeah. all? Or like, if they wanted to make more space between forty, the new forty one and the thirty six, they could have slimmed down and introduced the thirty eight, or just bumped thirty six up a little bit. Like, the, it seems weird to have was it twenty eight, thirty, thirty four, thirty six, and then forty one. Like, it just seems it's, yeah, it's awkward. It, it, it doesn't make a lot. I, I get maybe go thirty nine to forty one, but if they're going to do that, they need to do something further down the line to bridge those gaps that's the challenge i think the other thing as well is that watch the movement and this is the new movement as well and it's the same movement as the submariner as well in this so you know for 4700 uk it's, it's a lot of watch to be fair it looked very thin compared to the sub considering it's the same movement uh which which means that the sub's well packed out then doesn't it mm. it's got polystyrene in the back for- plastics plastic spacer rings Hey, got to remember those those Swiss plastic rings. You know, they're they're definitely a couple of grand's worth of money in them. Uh, oh. They use bright light space rings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's oh, they, 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 yeah, that's that's right because it's not slippy, is it? That's it's it's a very good traction. Traction. Just made traction. Yeah, so I think this is the, I think this one is actually the star of the show. 
I know what you mean about the double battens, but I think mm. that this uh, new... can't unsee that now. Thanks, Jody. Sorry, sorry. So I like it. I think I think I think I think it's a nice design cue in in as much as like as you know like you've got some of the watches that would use the three six and nine, and it gives you that instant three six nine marker without actually having yeah. the numbers on the dial, which I think is quite nice. I feel the same way. There was one. I mean, there was a few other things uh, at the very small end with uh, diamonds and all the rest of it. But the other intro was really uh, on this side, which was on the sky dweller with the oyster. <sighs> I quite like these. It's because you've got no taste. No. Person. You drive tractors and wear a Panerai, come on. This is true. I, I'd, I'd rock this in a tractor. I'd wear I'd wear this full gold on a tractor with calves and sheep. I was going to say, that's because sheep, sheep, cows and potatoes can't talk back. <laughs> there we go. So anybody have any particular Sky Dweller thoughts or was it just me? I don't think it's... I think it? these are really cool though. Yeah, yeah, I think these are the best well. best movements that uh, Rolex has. And I think the way the bezel, you know, the fluted bezel is always just an artistic thing. But on these, they, they actually use the toggle between the different functions on a watch. So that, that's really cool. And the Oyster effects, of course, makes the whole watch a little bit less yeah. bumpy. I mean, it's still a big watch, but it, it slims it out just that much more. Because on a bracelet, it's really chunky. So, so I mean, these are cool. Yeah, Sky. I would have loved to cool. see uh, the the uh, submariner on the oyster flex. Yeah, well, yeah. I think there's Agreed. a big to see that, but uh, whether or ever. Agreed. Uh, so there we go. So let's just do a final Rolex hit miss, maybe on the Sky Dweller. What do you think, folks? Oh yeah, it's a good watch. Jody. <laughs> but there we go. Jody and David one. are not. No. It's supposed to be a joker, I think. I'm not sure. Okay. I like I'd well that, 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 that watch is like employing McLaren technicians and then putting a Lada body shell on it. Just no. <laughs> Just no. Okay, well, we'll move on to something, shall we say, at the slightly more competitive range. And this is on the site today from Ralph, in fact, wrote this. This is a collaboration between Bamford and G-Shock. So, it's a winner. have you bought one of these already, Dave? Have you got a whole cupboard full of these ready to come? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, you, you've got oh, matches. Matches. <laughs> is that a Kappa trackies? That is. That is owning owning the nineteen eighties, mate. <laughs> it's, it's, so, I, th I think. I think this is. I think this is quite nice. Yeah. And as much as I don't know whether some of you know the kind of backstory to the to this watch, which is that. Um, Mikey, who kind of runs the London uh, G-Shock boutique, is also in charge of kind of like collaborations and to do a full collab. So basically they do, they'll do collabs, which are mainly based around the strap, which are relatively straightforward to get done. But getting a full one done where the, the actual watch head is done, where the case back's done, where the writing on the dial and the colour palette's changed is a extremely convoluted process that involves you know japan and everybody having to hit every nail on the head for them to think it's it as a thing and actually this is something that they've he's this is one of his projects when he's i think he's done two other full watch projects but this is the third one i think it's a pretty cool product i quite like the colorway on it for 150 quid it's a bit of a yeah it's, 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 yeah. A, it's a nice it's a nice it, it's a nice proper pocket money watch Yes, I'm impressed at the price. I've been, uh, I've got it down here as 149 pounds. Yeah, uh, and it goes well with the OP that you want to buy to go. It with. does. <laughs> well, I, I, unlike 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 Rolex, have definitely been have been definitely been having a breakfast somewhere in New York to come up with that colour. At least that one's Bamford blue as opposed to someone else's blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? It seems like that Tiffany blue or that light sky blue is kind of the color of the year because um, AP did that. You have Gorilla watches that did this beautiful blue dial. Now you have Rolex. You have now uh, G-Shock. And I'm sure there are more that did that. It just seems to be the color mm. of choice this year. I don't know if you know of any other brand that did it. Hublot did that too. Yes, he did. So, yeah. quickly, hit miss maybe on this. 
Yeah. Didn't go far wrong for 150 quid, to be fair. No. True. And it's a 50, it's a 5600 G-Shot. So how many folk are going to try to buy one? If you can get one... I you am. Yeah. If, if I they, can get through, and they, they should... Be, there, there should be a little bit more, because um, it's only... G-Shop channels, it's only UK, but Bamford selling them on his own site, which is global, and Dover Street Market are also selling them who've got, what, London, Paris, New York, is it? I think Dover Street Markets. So there should be a bit more available than yeah. the NASA one was. Okay, good stuff, cool. good stuff. Now, next up is something that I, well, I kind of understand the technology. I'm just not quite understanding why we're hearing about this now. So who would like to volunteer to take us through why this is important? The Grand Seiko first constant force tourbillon. Because just going to phone Rob. Escalade wheels with spinners. <laughs> the power reserve. So... A lot of fuss has been made over the release of this, but it's only the release of a movement. It's a concept movement, mm -hmm. and they're not really telling us that much more about it other than that the hands appear to be up here, and this is the power reserve. Yep. Mm -hmm. So where do we think this is actually going to appear? Well, a lot of folk have started, you know, a few folk were jumping up and down and saying, oh, at last, at last I've done a, a tourbillon. But then, to be fair, they do have a tourbillon because I've had one in the credor for a while yet. Yeah. So, you know, I think this is their move into how do you bridge that gap between top-end Grand Seiko and credor, which is a ocean of difference in the kind of price point between the cheapest credor and the top-end GS, you know, so this will give them a really solid kind of option to bring in a very high-end GS, but at a significantly lower price point than, say, a Credor. Um, and it gives them the kind of... Puts. I think, it, I think it, it looks like a beautifully designed movement. It's very clean. And do we know what this thing means on the back? Did you hear the... Did you, did you listen to the video? Only a very small part. Makes, ticket, 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 clack, ticket, ticket, mm. clack. That's uh, every 16, so, well, I don't know. It makes it clack to the tiki-tock. Would that not just be really a kind of watch-watch <laughs> annoyance that you need to hide it in a soundproof cupboard at night? That, I think that might well, not. It yeah. sounded quite loud, but but I think, I don't, I don't know where they put it. My, um, my AD store manager said it will be coming in a crater. But then they have spring drives in their presage models now, so who knows? Maybe it's a prospect suit. <laughs> yeah. The interesting thing is, I I feel like a lot of the Cradors are really sort of classically styled watches, and this is a much more sort of like modern avant-garde yeah. look. So mm -hmm. at least with the way they're showing it here with these hands, and so mm -hmm. it, do, it's. Do you it, remember these these Seiko watches, the Katana watches, inspired uh, by you know mm -hmm. samurai yeah, yeah. swords? I think that's a bit like that, right? Sorry, nothing. Yes, on the handset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. It just seems like an yeah. I mean, that that's a good point, Ralph. But you know, at least compared to what they have out now recently in Seiko, Grand Seiko, or Crador, it's a little bit different than all those aesthetically. Mm. Maybe we'll see. It's a concept, right? We'll see how they actually employ it in a real watch yeah. too. Yeah. So. Yeah, but if they announce it as a concept, we know it's not a concept. Like it's Seiko, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just mean it's aesthetically, right? They could they could put it behind a dial. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. you know it's so, it's funny because I I posted on my stories yesterday on Instagram. Seiko is the new Rolex. Yes and no. You'd be surprised how many yes I've had. And it's just like it seems like like Seiko is becoming the competitor of Rolex, much more than Omega. Omega and Rolex were always the competitors. And now Seiko, out of, out of nowhere, came out with so many models, so many releases, so, so much press, so many collaboration, so many, so much fan club, admirators. Like people are literally, it's like, it's, it's an idol. It's just, it's unreal. Even Watches of Switzerland is choosing Seiko to open the Seiko boutique. They could have done it with any other brand, but no, they went with Seiko. It's just, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I, I am, uh, it's annoying. <laughs> I just find it very annoying. But I think it's, it's just a little a bit more, 
yeah, I think it's just a little bit more accessible to people. I think that's what gravitates people to it. Yeah. But it's not inexpensive, though. You know, Grand Seiko right. is... It's, it's just available. Yeah, absolutely. It's available. Right. You could rather get a good point. Than, than wait for a, a Rolex, you know, for years. You could just go go get a you know, Grand Seiko. And if you, you can you can take a five or six thousand dollar GS and a five or six thousand dollar Rolex, like take out availability, snobbery over brand name, all the rest the GS will literally piss all over the Rolex in finishing quality, Absolutely. engineering. Not, not even like lightly, it will literally dig it a grave, piss in its grave and bury yeah. it. <laughs> As because I was it's so yeah. far beyond. And I mean, I've got a good friend who's got a few Pateks and, you know, everyone revels in how good a Patek is and they're lovely watches, but he actually looked at a GS and his Patek under a loop and he was like, hmm, hmm, hmm. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> for the money GS are like Kia the what? I, th- I think or... they're Volvo I-, I would compare yeah, like, not, I don't like comparing watches to cars but they're like Volvo they're like they've always done things a bit better than everybody else but just aren't very cool and aren't really good at actually talking about themselves that's basically what they are they're a typical Japanese company they they like to let their product talk for them and don't get how marketing works whereas yeah, they need to get out honest, to the public they, yeah, exactly. And let's be honest, the Swiss companies love a good story. So yeah. then is an actual Grand Seiko with a actual case on it that's available. This is the 60th anniversary Grand right. Seiko. <laughs> <laughs> Developing a between Foggy and Dave over this, but I'm not sure what the different opinions were. So take it away, Dave. What do you think of this? I think it's a great looking watch. I mean, to, to be honest, the thing about GS is that there's there's something different in them, and it, it's you have to look at them a lot more than just you know kind of cursory initial glances. I think it's a brand that there's so many brands out there that you can look at them for five minutes and you kind of get it broadly. There's not a whole lot hidden under the surface, whereas typically with most GSs, you start looking at them, and the more you look at them, you find little kind of little bits and pieces that you just wouldn't notice and it's things that they don't necessarily design to be noticed but the more you links? look into it um, no, no, the, no, the end links are solid you don't need to worry the older ones a bit like Rolex the old ones would have been but they're, they're definitely solid than the new ones I just, I just think it's a great looking piece it's a bit strange that they dropped this fifth 60th anniversary months after they dropped the other four frankly but hey that's that's you. what they do they, they inundate the market it's like the, uh, <laughs> the anniversary is a whole year long yep so yep. sprinkle them around here and there yeah it's a bit weird they dropped four and then dropped the fifth one randomly a few months later but hey that's, that's, that's... so for us, give us your thoughts on this oh uh don't get me wrong i think it's a great watch as, as every gs is but my issue is with the fact that they feel the need to associate every DAO they do with some form of nature, some form of inspired by this or that. And I mean, you get that on some, like in the 201G, the GMT, the Mount Iwate pattern, that, that you can really see. But these, this is just the same blue as they use in all the other four uh, limited editions earlier this year. But this one is apparently inspired by the morning, the morning dawn Above on sky above Mount Fuji. Yeah, over sorry, over Mount Iwate. Iwate. And I yep. mean, like, how do you see the sky sky in this? It's it's a blue. So you know, which sky <laughs> is not blue? You know, and, and, this is this is and it's I know the Fukushima I, edition. Oh, <laughs> it's not red. Um, <laughs> I, I I know I know what you're saying, but I think and where maybe I, I've got a little more insight is this is. This is the classic thing that a lot of culturally in Japan happens is that they, they, they find it difficult to translate what the designer's thought was. They, they literally translate it into marketing as opposed to letting a Western Swiss company marketing department get their hands in it, pull a tiny nugget of truth out it and then build a whole lot of bullshit around about it. They just spit it out. And I think that's the difference. It's a very cultural thing. The, the way you operate it very differently. Yeah, they just don't. 
and they, I think their, their their thought process and design process typically is very different to how it's done in the US or Western European markets. It's just, I bet they find it difficult to translate that. I think when you see a lot of stuff for other Japanese companies, a lot of it marketing's based on emotion and passion typically, which translates well in Japanese, but doesn't translate well when it's mm. reversed into English. They just there's, there's there's not a direct parallel, and they try and find one, and it just doesn't typically work. So yeah, yeah, but the but the thing is, I think I think if they wanted to do a DAO that is inspired by you know the sunrise or the sunset, they actually could. So so this one is just just a little bit of a stretch, but you know you, you have a point though in that. In that. I think, but it's it's better than than Rolex saying out of the blue, big guy. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. I know. It's like, what happened with that line? What, what, what were they talking about? They're just messing with us. Yeah. What position, Judy? They, they dropped seven instead of two. Have in Australia. With what you. position do what so, Grand Seiko have? Yeah, so you're obviously close to Japan over there, but it's effectively Australia is like a Western European country with sunshine. So does GS fit into a different segment because you're closer to the market that it's produced in? I think they're they're sold in a different way than Rolex and Omega. They're not sold directly from Grand Seiko boutiques necessarily. They're sold by jewelers who have a variety of different brands available to them. They're sold alongside Oris and Bell and Ross and Bremont and others. I think you know they are becoming more popular because they're accessible as discussed, but I, you know, I, I'm not sure that they have a different market position here than they do anywhere else. Right. They're respected, but do people? They're respected, but do people? Are people prepared to stump up their own money on Grand Seikos in the way that they are on luxury Swiss brands? Yet, Adrian doesn't. Who who, who, own, who owns a Grand Seiko? I don't. Huh? But also, Jody, Jody, to your point, we're also huh? sort of enthusiasts, so, right? I don't think in yeah. sort of like public consciousness, they have the degree of recognition or desirability that Rolex and Omega do. I think, yeah, that, you know. But I think to that point, I think that's where they've been smart. I feel like Grand Seiko has been targeting to the enthusiast market. That's like, yeah. well, you can't get a yeah. Rolex anymore. And everyone who can get it isn't even a watch person. Come look at our stuff. Look at how much better it is than Rolex. And yeah. then like, if you can get the enthusiast hooked and you'll start to see more. And then the regular person will start to see more Grand Seikos and be like, wait, what's mm -hmm. that? Why is that different than a regular Seiko that I see it? You know, Macy's yeah. or what have you. Yeah. So it's working on me. Slowly up. <laughs> I've, I've heard so many people say that of just like oh i've never heard of grand seiko before and then they mm -hmm. actually go into you know a boutique or a store that sells them and they're like why haven't i known this before like there's so high highly advanced that people sh more people should know about them is it because gs didn't have a marketplace in america for a good number of years yeah right yeah i mean that's Without, Same in Europe. without a way to buy them, you certainly aren't going to get much attention or recognition. So whereas Tudor came back, but they marketed to the well to Joe Public, Grand Seiko just haven't mm. done that yet. Yep. I don't think so. Grand Seiko yeah. then going to be a hit. Yeah. Anyone tempted to buy? It? Anyone already bought one? Is it really it? depends uh, also on the fun, price. Fun. I mean, we have no idea what that tourbillon new caliber is going to cost. What if they go? I mean, of course, I'm sure they will be smart and they will stay probably within the price range of the Tag Heuer tourbillon, I would say. They would try to compete with, no, you think it's going to go higher than that? Yeah. So who oh, is yeah. going to buy a 50 grand tourbillon Japanese from Seiko? Uh, yeah. that, 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 that will be 30 to 50,000 US and they will sell most of them in Japan. No problem. I think it'll be worth yeah. wow. a constant force mechanism. And a tourbillon, I think it will be twice that price. Uh, and, and it depends yeah. on what they combine it with as well. I mean, the, the Snowflake Platinum from like a couple of years ago was like 70 grand. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's pretty yeah, much sold out. So, so this one, if they put it in, you know, a Platinum and with some DAO or you know, some engraving. Depends how, and it, again, yeah, as folk have said, it depends how they do it. If they do it with Creedor, they will make literally one or two and they will make them to order as folk want them. They're not daft. They don't. They won't make stock for the sake of making it. Unlike some brands, they will make them to order. If they do it in GS, it will be pricey, 
but a bargain compared to a credor and they'll make a small number of them and the vast majority will sell in Japan. And maybe to your point, David, maybe that's where the concept actually comes in. Maybe they will do credor and just two, like you said, and sell them for 200,000. And that will be or more. And that will be the more of a concept then instead of a collection. Oh, it won't be. I mean, I think I would. I would think at the most they would do two pieces with that movement in it, and possibly one cred or possibly one GS, and that would be it. Mm, that would be interesting to see. It's a really good looking well, movement. I, I still vote maybe because I really I need more info and clarity on this. Good stuff. To say hit. Right. Well, let's move on. Just a couple more to go. Uh, this is also Seiko. This, this is the Ooh. on Monaco Seiko cash. This is officially yes. described by Seiko as a hemp pattern dial. Well, I don't know if it is, but I'll tell you what, it wouldn't surprise me because that is the key marketing buzzword at the moment because Levi jeans are currently all over hemp. Everything in the current range is hemp inspired. So it possibly is. I mean, that is a good looking watch. There's no yeah. doubt about it that. Is. Yeah. For me, the hands look like the hands that were just on the Monta Noble, though, which is driving me crazy. So now I'm like, where's Monta getting their hands? But it's a great looking walk. It's just the hands. That's all I can mm-hmm. see. I'm like, those look like Monta hands now. That is, mm-hmm. it. That, that, is a, that is a big yes for me. I have been eyeing up the white dial one, which I think is the, they call it the 075 in Japan, and it's the 165. Yes. I may well end up picking up one of those because yep. it's slightly smaller. I had a Sarks 043, which was great, but it was 41. It was too big. That's just under 40. And it looks to me like those hands have got loom on them, which they is do, yeah. a bit of a, yeah, that's a bit of a rarity with Seiko. And that's what puts me off a lot of the lower priced Grand Seikos is that they don't have loom and they're all a bit too big and bulky, the automatics. I prefer the Quartz Grand Seikos, but that looks... Yeah, and I it's definitely yeah, it's definitely also got uh, it's got it's got undertones of a GS forty four case on yeah. it as well. Yeah, definitely, very much. Yeah. But yeah. it's big, only the, got the, that six R thirty five is nothing special, and it's no. what they're looking at fifteen hundred Aussie for one of them. A thousand, yeah, I think it's, I think it's like, I think it's a thousand nine ninety euro, so it's going to be yeah. what it's going to be nine hundred nine hundred UK and 1300s US something like that. Yes, but that's yeah. that's what Seiko are putting the squeeze on the prices. They're just just jacking them up, jacking them up, jacking them up. But I'm, yeah. I'm personally, I'm signing up for one, so mm-hmm. yeah, they can do it. But I get, but again, the same same argument as with GS is find another thousand euro watch yeah. with finishing like that on it. You'll yeah. not find one. You will not find one. You'll find plenty of three to five thousand euro watches with finishing still not quite as good. I love it. I really, I would totally save up for one. The only thing that throws me off, I don't know if you saw around the Seiko, the actual name, it's like a box, but they don't have the texture mm-hmm. in it. It's just kind of like they just stopped. Like It's very weird. What is Wait, it? Can you pull it up again so we can see? Yeah, yeah pull it up again. It's like yeah. where the Seiko name is. It's like in a box, but it's just... Right. Yeah, I noticed that too. It's weird. Like if you can oh, zoom in, like the yeah, texture's yeah. gone. AP do that as well. AP do that on theirs. Why? It's so weird. Because they can't um they can't do it ah. on the texture. You can't it doesn't, on the texture. They won't be yeah. able to put the name on it. They have to do it on a yeah. flat surface. The super glue yeah. doesn't work. Because it'll yeah, it'll be it looks like the pressage automatic is is printed, whereas that'll be an applique probably logo. Yeah. Yeah. But couldn't you do it with pins? But I, I understand what you're saying, Sam though, because they the presage automatic is right. straight on the dial, but then yeah. Seiko is not. Yeah. It's just totally yeah, the, the inspiration ended. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to get up that notice uh, watch that you're trying to, to compare the hands. Uh, and yeah, I think you're uh, pretty close. Let me see. So I'll just flick between these two. So this is the notice. Uh, the notice, no, not the notice. It's not the notice we were talking about. Monta, Monta Noble. Monta. They're all the same. They're all the same. So <laughs> watch tells the time. These are actually that's actually quite similar as as well. Uh, 
There we go. So hit miss mm. me. Absolute hit. I like yeah. that. Yeah, it's yeah. a hit. Oh, yeah. I, I sent I sent an email to somebody in Japan trying to get a discount on one about two hours ago. So it's a hit from me. <laughs> yeah, even from me, that says a lot. Good stuff. <laughs> five. <laughs> we'll find something that Sophie likes. Uh, five this week from notice the aforementioned. We have the Contrail Two. <clears throat> this is back into the world of the non-conglomerate. Uh, I'm not. You know, entirely au fait with Nodis and everything they do. You hear Nodis, Monta, uh, you know, these kind of three or four big, what would be called maker brands mentioned a lot. What do we think of this uh, follow-on from the original Contrail? I think they look great. They're built. I don't know if I've ever handled the Contrail. I handled their duality when it was released last Mm. fall. And it was the really impressive build quality, especially for the price they're delivering at. And these look fantastic. I mean, they that one's good. Sell like hotcakes. Mm. That the one's the Tudor kind of look. That's quite nice. The, the crown is absolutely horrific, though. Is it? It looks like a, the kind of crown like grinding wheel. Would grind. It looks. It, look, it looks like they went. Oh damn! We forgot about the crown. Oh, there's one on the ground. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> It's, I mean, it's like it, there's lots of it that's nice, but that crown, it, it's horrific. It's a Dremel grinding wheel. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's to me, it's it's a decent looking watch, but it's just, I mean, this one in particular, it's just a little sort of like vanilla and plain looking. Yeah. I, I, it doesn't stand out to me in any way that really gets my attention. They're, they're, in, a, they're in a dangerous territory, you know, six, seven hundred bucks. That's so much out there as well. You know, you can yeah. get there's there's plenty of Seiko stuff out there that as well, and there's Christopher Ward, Christopher Ward, exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know, and then there's things like brew watches at half that price, which to me have got ten times more, you know, kind of uniqueness than that yeah. does. I love the setup of this photo. I've tried to throw everything at this image. No, no, no. The one before was better because of the USB charging cable hanging in the side. Got a camera. It's got a pen knife. It's got a fountain pen. So in case you're feeling sophisticated, I was I was going to say I think it's a Mont Blanc, which is more depressing that the pen they've got in the picture is more expensive than the watch. <laughs> USB charger. It's a, it's a Pelican pen there. It's also not cheap. It's yeah. a Pelican, eh? a good pen. There you yeah. go. Yeah. And then an Apple uh, charger. That's definitely more expensive than the watch. <laughs> I, I think on this one, they they put quite a bit of work into the bezel and the overall uh, thickness of the watch. So the bezel is actually sapphire and it's sloping. And I think they were saying it's quite difficult to get that done. So on the first model, it was a flat, it was a flat one. And so the whole thing was a bit, I think it was about 13. So they got a whole, they got a watch down by I think half a millimeter. And then they got the bezels to be sloping. And the, the dials, I mean, that's the Laguna dial, but for the other four variants, the dials enamel painted. Uh, so it's really this nice glossy sheen. I've seen the black one in person, at least a prototype, and that one's really nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, the small details, so, so the date wheel, I mean, uh, the date wheel is matched to the, to the dial color, but the date, yeah. the date is also a roulette date wheel, or at least a dual color. So on every one of these, you get two colors on, on the date. So that, that's another interesting feature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dave, if you look at the crown on it, if Rick goes back, look at mm-hmm. that, they're not similar to the Seiko Samurai. Yeah, do you know actually though the the watch does have hints of and I'm terrible with numbers, but the three forty mil divers that Grand Seiko have just released, mm. blue, green, yes. and black, you know, with the sapphire bezel on them, mm-hmm. it's got that look to it as well. I mean, it's 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 absolutely not an ugly watch, and it's not offensive really in any way. It's a bit nondescript. It's, 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 yeah, I, I would, it's a mere watch. It's like, mm. okay. you know, would, 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 I, would I rather buy, you know, something unusual that, you know, like, for example, I was saying, like that brew watch that they brought out in that kind of iridescent light blue colour and whatever, yeah. I just, yeah, it's a lovely Why watch. Why don't you load up not the Christopher Ward's? Mm. Oh, hold on! I will do oh. that. And one, one question about the, there, I? I know. <laughs> Damn, I'm gonna is there the, the engraving on the back? Is this the, the chem chemtrail? Logo? Chemtrail, oh. yeah. <laughs> 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 I 
entry. It's, fun, it's, it's like funny I'm, you were saying that. I was thinking that as well. I saw the case back, <laughs> and I was thinking, I was thinking, ah, I know what's happening here. Mind control. Yeah. Buy Rolex. <laughs> Buy Rolex. Yeah. <laughs> obey. Obey. That uh, image back up. Yes, it does actually. That is actually quite freaky let me just spoil this and then we'll have a quick look at christopher ward in concluding there's the country rails <laughs> <laughs> it's like bremond and martin baker right if you if you successfully uh, posted a youtube video about the chemtrail conspiracy you get a watch <laughs> yeah <laughs> so there we go Whoa. christopher ward no go at the top oh well no yeah go at the top the new ones yeah, that, these, are the, these are the three. Uh, so you've got the lymph stone, which is this one. Yep. Which I really like the look of. I like this. Uh, definitely. For, definitely, Nick. Yeah, I mean, 800 definitely. notes, get a discount on it, no problem at all. Find a 100 quid discount from somewhere. Somewhere I'll have a discount code. But Defin the, definitely, definitely, Nick, that strapped straight off a planet ocean, didn't they? Yeah, it does look like it, doesn't it? That uh, that C1 Moonglow yeah. is a great look. That C1 Moonglow is a great looking watch, and oh, the yeah. Sapphire is a yeah. great looking yeah. watch. They are they, they they both at least to me that's a brand at good money doing something that's quite interesting and a wee bit different. Mm -hmm. I'm just yeah, get... whereas like you were saying with the Nodus and the Monta, they're nice, but they're just they yeah. don't deviate from something. You know that that, that 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 to me, you know, like yeah, I'm, I'm you know like like like, like we've said before, it. exactly. Like it's, a it's a wee. It's something it's a, it's a bit unusual, yeah. you know. The only thing, the only other thing that's even remotely like that is the the Hermes Twin Moon Phase one, right. but at ten times the cost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's lovely. That one. That's a great looking watch. Yeah, that's cool. And the one they've had out uh, in the last few weeks, that everyone's been raising about, which I'm not such a fan of for not because I don't think it looks right, but I think uh, the concepts a bit. Dulali is the super compressor. Uh, if I can find it, yeah, this that one. one. I'm just not sure. So this is a real super compressor. It's not just the yep. like one, and that it's got an internal rotating bezel. It's actually got a proper super compressor case, which means it's sprung loaded. Yep. And there's a good reason why people stopped making super compressors and instead had screw down case backs with O-rings, because. They needed more care and attention and weren't necessarily always entirely reliable. Rick, I'm going to have to get the owner of the company on here to debate this with you. Yes, let's do that. Let's do that. Uh, so there we think, go. I think, think you'll probably find that, yeah, they probably do need to be a bit more um, work, but you'll probably find screw-down crowns are infinitely cheaper to produce as well. Yes. Uh, so there we go. But listen to the next podcast for an in-depth chat on that. Yeah. That's actually not a, that's not a bad-looking watch for 900 quid. Again, and this is my problem, I say anything, whether you like Christopher Ward or whatever logo they're using this week or not, any micro brand you're looking at, you really need to take a look at CW as a way of comparing and contrasting from a yeah. value proposition. You may not like yep. the Christopher Ward equivalent, but there almost certainly is a Christopher Ward equivalent of any other micro brand you're looking at. There'll be something that looks pretty similar within mm -hmm because they make a shed load of different watches uh, yep. and they're all fairly competitively priced. So there we go. So final hit miss maybe on that Contrail, uh, the Contrail 2. Let's see your see your votes. A little bit sugary, some hits, some maybes. I think it's the I think it's the Contrail chemtrails. I think that's that's what makes that. <laughs> so there we go. So that is us coming to an end this week. Anything? <laughs> anyone <laughs> chipping? <laughs> As one final thing for the week. Nope. Nothing we're nope. forward to in the coming week. Uh, Arthur, uh, what are you and Dan doing this Sunday? Oh, we're taking a break this week, actually. The weather's, the weather's nice. It's finally cooled down. So, oh, Dave. Already <laughs> <laughs> request form. Thanks for that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be back uh, following Sunday for our, our usual live chat on Instagram. Uh, and okay. coming up on Just One More Watch. I've got a uh, Timex chronograph video recorded coming up in about three hours, uh, which is a budget one fifty fifty bucks. And then I think I'm going to review a Yema. I've got a Yema Navy graph in the queue. So I'm going to do that on that. Sunday. <laughs> it was sent to me by Yema. 
And Vanessa you, was it? Uh, yes. Tell her to and listen we... to the next podcast. Okay. You tell yeah. her yourself. Yeah. Very and nice actually, watch. And actually, Jody, you might you probably won't be able to access it, but actually, um, if you if you've got any way of using VPN to get onto BBC, um, there's an amazing uh, program they put on called The Rise and Fall of Timex Dundee. That's uh, just on yeah. iPlayer just now. Yes, and it's, and it's a I fantastic did. documentary. It's really good. Okay, I'll find out. I did mention the D in tomorrow's video. Sadly, they make them in the Philippines yeah. now. Does they anyone do think? Does anyone think this looks like Flotlight? <laughs> what do you well, think? <laughs> oh, I saw that. That was funny. That's that, that's that, that's me looking at that uh, coral orange Rolex. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. Thank you guys all for joining us. Uh, we will see you again in a week or so's time. Thanks for putting something in the chat and for both Dan and Gigi who've been making sure nobody misbehaves there. Uh, so thanks for joining us. So it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's Scottish Watches Live Lux Edition. Catch the live stream on the Scottish Watches Live YouTube channel every Friday at 4 p.m. UK time. And please check out all of our other podcasts and produce videos available everywhere you search for Scottish Watches. Now it's goodbye from me, Sean at the Complicated Wrist on Instagram, and it's goodbye from all of them.